Welcome to the Shift Podcast with Jonathan Van Horn. Jonathan believes that transitions create opportunities, but transitions can also get you run over. And this reality is true in sport and in life. The Shift Podcast is dedicated to sharing the stories of athletes and how they navigated transitions in their sport and throughout their lives. All the while discovering the opportunities along the way, exploring and knowing who they are, understanding their value and significance, and unpacking their motivation and drive in life beyond sport. Enjoy the journey and the experiences that change can provide and successfully navigate the opportunities of transition. Identity, purpose, values, life themes, what all these have in common? It's helping athletes successfully navigate transition. So maybe you're struggling with transition, or maybe you're trying to figure out what is your purpose? Who are you outside of your sport? You are more than an athlete. We have some exciting news here at the Shift Podcast. Stay tuned. With this summer, we are launching our first book, Shift, the Athlete's Playbook, Five Proven Steps to Life After Sport, where we provide a framework to manage transition successfully, as well as begin to break down the aspects of transition that will enable you to take control of understanding who you are, your career in and out of sport, on and off the field. You can learn more about the upcoming book launch on our website at shiftmystory.com. That website, again, is shiftmystory.com. And here's the thing. We would love your help. Do you have a transition story that you would like to share with the world and also want to help others successfully in those transitions of life after sport? You can sign up to be a part of our launch team, again, at shiftmystory.com. By joining our launch team, you will be able to help spread the message in the transition framework to help others successfully navigate the transition of life beyond sport. Again, that website is shiftmystory.com, and we would love for you to join and partner with us and be part of our launch team. Check it out. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Shift Podcast. My name is Jonathan Van Horn, and I am excited for our first two-time attender. Is that right? Two-time attender? Yeah. Amobi Akugo, the second time, you're the first person that we've been able to have as a second round, second guest, second season, whatever you want to call it. I am truly grateful to have you on the podcast today. No, nah, it's always a pleasure, Jonathan. I'm glad I got that honor. <laughs> you're the first. You're the first to be twice. So that makes sense. No, but we're, we're excited about just what's been going on in your world and your space over the last, gosh, it's been almost 12, 14 months since we had you on the show last. And I know a lot has changed and, uh, and has adjusted and transformed for you personally, uh, mm -hmm. athletically, vocation, business-wise, so many things have changed and shifted the last, of, the last uh, year or so. Uh, we'll dive into that a little bit, but uh, just for our audience, uh, just a little bit of a, a reminder who you are, uh, what are some of the things you've been working on in the last 14 months or so, uh, just to again, update the audience what's been going on. Ah, yeah, once again, thanks for having me. Quick rundown, try to keep it brief. Uh, Amobi Kugo, first generation Nigerian American, born and raised in California. Uh, went to UCLA um, after my freshman year, went pro, originally drafted 2010 in the MLS Super Draft. Spent eight years in MLS, Philly, Orlando, Kansas City, Portland. And then now uh, been spending the last three years in the USL in Austin. Um, outside of that, you know, a frugal athlete, that's kind of like my mantra. Uh, essentially, it's an online financial media platform that promotes prudent financial practices and smart career decisions amongst professional athletes and student athletes. Our mission is to help athletes make, manage, and multiply their money through financial education and athlete empowerment. 
Um, outside of that, I like to stay busy, busy, uh, stay very busy, like do some media hosting, uh, side hustles, consulting, different things like that. And then lastly, I do, I have my foundation, the OK You Go Foundation, where we try to help children from low income backgrounds with resources through athletic, educational and social programs. All right. So uh, for our audience out there, um, got his hands like everything. Yeah, I try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to be like you, man. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm listening to him. Like I was waiting for uh, you said you mentioned ventures, but you didn't talk about some of the specifics. I was thinking small chops. You got. Oh, uh, yeah, that's like I, I, I put that under like the media, like personal brand stuff. Okay. Like, you, you yeah, got, you got some food aspect in there. You got uh, some social media marketing aspect in there. You got training. You got courses. You got. Yeah. Or a copy of, of a different aspects <laughs> to you to your life and what you got your hands. I love it. Uh, thank uh, you so much. All right. So he, here's the question for you. So uh, at, at, at shift, we talk a lot about in the, the first step of starting now is area of identity is really answering the question, who am I? And, and answering the question, whose am I? Uh, and a lot of times that foundation of identity reflects or is reflected in everything that we do as a professional athlete, as a university athlete, as a business owner, entrepreneur, marketing firm regardless. So I'm curious, you mentioned, and I very proudly, and I love this, uh, first-generation Nigerian-American. So how has uh, your, your Nigerian-American, your heritage, family, how has that impacted you as a professional footballer, as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, as your sort of your lens or your filter through these different ventures, through your foundation? Mm-hmm. How has that, uh, that sense of identity of community and family and heritage impacted that? No, that's a great question. I love the who am I versus whose am I. And like, and if, it, if I take it into my story, I think from the standpoint of being Nigerian American and the oldest of four siblings, I think that's it's everything. You know, I, I was able to experience a little bit. My parents raised me in a Nigerian upbringing, but in an American environment. So I got a little bit of both. So I was able to see both spectrums, like what works, what doesn't, why things were certain viewed upon this way versus that way. And I think I've been able to combine both cultures into everything that I do. And it, I think it's a testament to you know my parents' sacrifices and all the things that they've done for me to put me in the best environments while also instilling with me the Nigerian culture, the Nigerian customs, the Nigerian traditions. Um, so my viewpoint and my, my reactions to certain things are because of my community and I'm very grateful for it. And I think it's allowed me to, you know, navigate in the ways I've been able to navigate um, in a positive manner. So there's a, I think having the, the, the beauty of community and family like that is you've already hinted on. It's like learning, there's growth. There's also stability there. Mm-hmm. How, how is having that community, your family, that heritage, how has that influenced and impacted you as you navigate it? Being at UCLA, you're there for what? Three months? <laughs> yeah, like three months. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. So being there 19 and being drafted, going to the MLS as a pro at 19, like how has that that foundation of having that strong uh, that strong heritage, but is also that strong community of family around you, how did that help you as you navigated that, that transition to playing professionally? No, nah, I think you said it best, like the stability, like understanding, like obviously, you know, I've been able to travel around at a very young age, but having the stability of like, you know, what I'm supposed to do, how I'm supposed to, you know, serve, how I'm supposed to respect others, how I'm supposed to treat other people, all these different things that were instilled with me, no matter where I went, uh, was always going to be there just because of that stability of that upbringing of the 
the how I was raised and you know the customs and culture and traditions that we abide by. Um, for me personally, um, you know, just being Nigerian American and having my parents, they were very strict. Um, so at the time, you know, growing up, you're like, uh, why are they so strict? But then as I got older, then you realize the discipline that I have now is a testament to like the things that they were trying to teach me um, at that age, because now that I'm mature enough to make these decisions or be exposed to these environments, I'm not flustered as to what am I supposed to do? Or do I follow the crowd? Like, no, you stand in your values, you stand in your, your mission and go from there. Love that. Love that. There's, there's an old, uh, old adage I heard many, many years ago as an athlete, young athlete, uh, motivation gets you going, but discipline keeps you going. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So, so how, how have you experienced that discipline mentioned, like I said, learning even at a young age going like my parents, why I have to do this? This is, you know, but yeah. that, that, that's the key character skill of, of discipline. How has that discipline help you maintain your success over the years as a pro in the MLS going from these four different cities in the MLS and now in Austin with the USL, how has that, that character skill that was cultivated early on in your life of discipline helped you be successful each step of the way? No, I mean, it's a testament that quote like sums it up perfectly, you know, as a professional athlete, there's only so many players that have been able to play as long as they can. Um, I've been fortunate enough to play 10 plus years and that's not really the norm. Um, everyone wants to be a pro though. Everyone wants to be a professional athlete. Everyone wants to be a professional soccer player, but the discipline, the practices every day, the taking care of your body, the eating right, the, you know, sacrificing. And I don't like to say sacrificing the, the decisions you have to make to, you know, say no to some of the social outings that you invited to. That's the discipline that keeps you playing year after year, game after game. Um, and for me, Obviously, my parents were big on education, so I started with education and translated into sports. So, you know, I left school after three months. You joked on earlier, but I continue to do school. So what does that look like? Yeah, I want to get my degree. Everyone wants to get their degree. But are you going to do the homework? Are you going to do the modules? Are you going to be in the webinars? Like, are you going to study for the test? What does that discipline look like for you to keep going and then hopefully aspire to accomplish more motivating things or more things that motivate you? All that and then you you continue to to sort of progress uh you you started a frugal athlete like i said you got your hands in a, in a couple of their ventures even side hustles as you mentioned like how is that same discipline affected positively stepping into those spaces because it's like you're yes you're a professional football professional athlete but then you have the foundation you have a frugal athlete you have these media ventures, you're uh, uh, you're hosting and doing some producing on the podcast space with multiple podcasts. I'm just one multiple. <laughs> so, so how has that same skill of discipline and focus really helped you uh, navigate? And, and also just a quick kind of follow, but in addition to that is how did you progress in that discipline? Because you didn't start there, right? You started with just a yeah. and you you continue to grow and cultivate it over time to where you are today. So how did that discipline help you to get started and then also continue to help you grow and, and mature in that process to where you are today? Yeah, I think for me initially, it just it, it showed me that it was it capable of being done. So like being able to like, all right, see the progression of like, I want this. All right, these are the steps I'm going to take to get there. And then this is the accomplished goal. And then obviously, as I built out more things, it's, you can't do it all at once. You build it over time. So first, it was frugal. Once you build out the systems and processes around that, uh, you come part to I always get this word wrong, compartmentalize. Compartmentalize, yeah. Yeah, compartmentalize, you know, like the steps, the processes to get there. And then 
once you establish that, then it's on to the next thing. And then now you're building out these different blocks of each venture that you want to go into. And then now because of the discipline and the organization and the time management skills that I've been able to acquire just by, you know, my experiences and the things that I do, now it's easier to manage uh, multiple things at once. So um, the most important thing is getting that foundation and structure right. And then from there, building out the systems and roadmaps. And then after that, your destination is is in the clear. That's good. That's good. So so you're you're sitting there. I know you've done some work with uh, with younger professional athletes, and you've spoken at a couple uh, just some wor- workshops and some seminars with university athletes and university students over the last few years. What what's some of the keywords key uh, just nibbit, uh, nibbits of uh, of advice like just little nuggets, little little like things of how do you get started like. What would you take, you know, you got someone that's going to be a senior graduating or you got a first year pro uh, rookie in the, in the NBA or MLS or wherever it may be. And they're like, Hey, how do I get started? I want to have a foundation. I want to have, yeah. yeah, I want to be in this venture. Like, where do I start? What would you, what would you say to that? No, that's a great question. I would say uh, you got to go to YouTube university and then you got to go to uh, Google university. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And you got to find you got to find your team of mentors, you know, find people that are already doing what you aspire to do. Um, and then from there, you, you be efficient in how you go about learning from them, trying to connect with them and then asking the right questions. I think for me, that's like the biggest thing. And then obviously you don't want to have information overload and never start, but you take what you learn and then apply it. So even if it's not ready. And I think early on when I first started, that's what I was like worried about. Like I was so methodical, like had to figure out, all right, this is what's going to happen. This is how I'm going to do it. And at this, the point, it's like, no, you got to start because you, you want to fail forward, like get better as you move forward, learn, improve, learn, improve, learn, improve, instead of like having the final improved product, because there's always going to be iterations. There's always going to be development. There's always going to be evolutions. Um, but first and foremost, you got to, understand what's already out there so do your research youtube google find out the people that you want like you aspire to be or like are good examples of where you want to be uh follow them if you can connect with them even better find a team of mentors that would be willing to help you um and then go about doing it that's that, that's like my four-step process love that and so so when you think about uh guys may be stepping, ladies may be stepping into that space and they take that four-step process that you just described. What if, what if they don't know what they want to do yet? What if they like, oh, see, that's a good question. Something, but they're like, I don't know, do I go into social media? Do I do marketing? Or maybe it's, you know, it's a, a freshman at university and with the, with the, and with the name image likeness stuff coming up, like I want to do something, but I'm not even sure where to start. So what would be your, your words of encouragement or challenge for, for an athlete in that space where they're just, they know they want to do something, but not sure what to do or where to do it? No, I see. That's a great question. I would say you got to, you know, throw stuff on the wall and see what sticks. Um, for me, you got to, you got to immerse yourself in a lot of different things. I'm really big on athletes doing externships and internships. Uh, so quick story, you know, I thought I wanted to get into venture capital. Like I'm big into venture capital. I love startup space but I didn't know there was so many different lanes to get into venture capital. So I did like an externship with the local VC firm in what's, Sacramento in the Aussie. What's an externship for those? That- uh, so, uh, yeah, so externship is more kind of like, you're not, internships more uh, in the weeds where externship is kind of like a shadow 
um, it's for a set duration of time, like it'll be like a week or two weeks or three weeks, whereas the internships usually like six months or a year or like in lead up to a job. That's the best way I can explain it. Uh, yeah. So I did this externship um, with this venture capital firm and I hated it. Um, oh, no. But I wouldn't have known that had I not done the externship. You yeah. know, the fact that they had me doing analyst work and I knew like, I didn't want to crunch numbers. I didn't want to look at these deals and like have to like do the pros and cons. Um, I, I knew that I wanted to be in venture capital, but I, if I didn't do the externship, I wouldn't have known like the different roles within VC and how I can do what I like to do within that space. So now after doing that, now I know it's like, all right, analyst role is not for me. I'm more of a partnerships or business development. It's like trying to figure out how the, these companies work together. How can, if the venture capital firm invest in that company, how can we best serve them to grow their company? Um, what strategic players are in the industry that can help them rather than be behind the weeds and like crunch numbers and see like cap rates and EBITDA and all that stuff. That's not my business. So I could have, I could have waited till after I was done playing and then, you know, got into VC. And then next thing I know, I'm hating, I'm hating VC. And I have no idea that there's so many different other ways to get into VC because I didn't do the work um, by immersing myself beforehand. That's good. And then look, I think you mentioned a couple of things as far as uh, intentionally looking for those opportunities. And even like says so externship, you said it's a week, two weeks, it's the short amount of time. So whether yeah. you're a university athlete or a pro athlete or a future Olympian, like you have a week, you have two weeks. So as looking for the people in your network or even someone in your network may know someone that can get you connected in the spaces that you're interested in. And it have yeah, exactly. a short amount of time. It doesn't need to be six months, eight months, like a traditional internship or what you think of when you hear of doing something, like doing like a little shadow, an externship, that's huge. No, you're right. I did like a three-day externship with this company, this marketing firm, and it's like, yeah, off season, you want to stay prepared and stay fit, fit, but you could take three days, you know, to do an externship or a week, or like you said, even like a series of days throughout the course of four weeks. Um, I think it's really, it's really good to see just like to be in that in the room to see how they function is it's vital. Yeah, that's important. That's so important. Again, you know, and you know, this as, as a professional athlete experience is so important. Like, you, I mean, you got to get reps, you got to get the time yeah. you get the minutes, you always hear that. Uh, as an athlete, but the same is true in, in whatever the next career may be, you know, whether it's in marketing or it's, or it's in design or it's in coaching or whatever the space that you dive into venture capitalist is just having that experience of going, okay, either I do like this, I'm thriving in this place, or like, this is not for me. I'm, I got to find something else. Exactly. Even opening up, I know opening up your eyes to, wow, there's many more facets to the space than I realized, you know, and you, I know you've experienced, we've had this conversation before is that, the further you go and sport up that ladder from, you know, rec to maybe a club and academy, then to university or going pro national team, every level you step up, there's more intricacies and nuances to the game that are important. And so little details, little things are margins of error are so significant. It's the same is true in business and life is that there's so these little nuances and aspects to these little niches that you can find and you can identify and do really, really well in those spaces. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, it takes that experience to be able to, to find those and find those little niches along the way. That's facts. So, so how did you, like, so we mentioned, you mentioned some of the, the media side. So we know Frugal Athlete, as we mentioned before in the first podcast, 
uh, financial literacy, helping empower athletes in that space of understanding how their money works, how to, how to get their money to work for them, investments in other spaces. But you mentioned too, sort of the, the marketing side of things, uh, podcasts, uh, small chops and so on. So how did you, <laughs> how did you get into that? Cause like the social media side, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Twitter, yeah. other platforms at LinkedIn, like how'd you get into that arena? Just practice uh, and uh, with the help of friends, because I had a couple of friends that were on me. It's like, yo, you need to start. You need to start. And I would I wish I would have started when they originally told me uh, just because I would have had so much of a head start. But, you know, I talked, touched on it earlier. I wanted to have everything perfect. I wanted to have like my status or like wanted to understand, like, make sure if I'm doing this, that people like already knew about me. But, you know, closed mouths don't get fed. And um, the good thing about uh, you know, <laughs> marketing and media is like, people want to see your progression. Like yeah. they'll feel like they're part of your process. They'll feel like they're part of your friend group, your friends or your family. The more you share, the more you open up into things that you're doing. Uh, they, they want to be supporters. They want to be fans of what you're doing. So that's kind of how I, that's my approach. Um, at the end of the day, as long as you're not posting anything bad, it, if you, if you feel like it's a bad edit, you can always delete it. Um, but that's kind of my, been my approach. Like even like the podcast show I do with my brother, we every week, cause it's a, it's a way of keeping in touch. We just talk about our TV show that we're catching up on it. And I was like, yo, we should just make this into a show. He's like, for real? He's like, yeah, whatever. 75 episodes later or yeah, 75 episodes later. And who would have thought? So our first episode was horrible, but over time, you figure out ways to get better. You figure out ways to improve. And we're doing the same thing that we did. We're just now having it on a public platform. Yeah, love that. And I think you, I think you really hit on something that's really important is that uh, a lot of times when athletes make the transition to life after playing professionally or at that elite level, they feel like they have to do something completely different outside their scope. And the reality is that you actually want to find the things that give you life, things you're, that are passionate about or discover the things about your sport that you were passionate about. It's to be like, well, I love to play my game. Well, what, what is it about the game that you, that you enjoy that, that yeah. excites you? And then tap into those, some of those things uh, in life after playing. And like I said, it's something you and your brother were already doing, right? You, you already yeah. talked. Let's just, let's just, ha- let's, let's see what happens. And then see what it's like. 75 episodes later. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> right. But yeah. it's cool that you find something you enjoy doing, something you're, you're already, you're already in your, is already in your regular flow of schedule and connection with your brother. And then you get some fun family time in, in, this, in the midst of it. And then you're inviting people into your journey. You know, I think the power of our stories is that they, it need, they need to be narrated and, and, and written in the context of community. And you're creating that uh, with your brother but also creating that with other people uh, through social media as they get to be a part of your your story, be part of your narration uh, as you talk about your TV shows. No, exactly. That's what it's all about. So we've been able to build a community, you know, and I think a lot of times athletes, because we're so successful, we're so worried about, all right, is it going to hit or is it going to flop? Uh, but just do it, like you said, for the passion first and then go from there. Yeah. That's so cool. And then I know uh, food is important within uh within uh, nigerian culture and a lot of other african latino culture uh you know food is important and so how, how did with small chops like can you give us a, <laughs> uh, a little a little a little <laughs> push in there a little bit intrigue yeah what's that all about yeah so small chops if anyone that knows me knows me i, I like to eat they like everyone calls me like the garbage disposal because like there's no leftovers always like i just eat and they're like 
yo, when you're done playing, you're going to be like, <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. Don't oh, worry about me. That's not, no. You keep yeah. Working. Okay. I'm going to keep working. Um, and then my mom's just an amazing cook. So I'm always like just big into food. Um, I knew how to eat food, but I didn't really know how to cook it as much as I like to eat. So small chops just started like I used to do it on Snapchat, just like as I was cooking these different meals, I would like do it behind the scenes. And then now I just kind of made it into like a little movement. Uh, definitely got more things in the works on that front, kind of make it more organized. Uh, but yeah, so anytime I go to like a restaurant, if I'm feeling the vibe or if I'm cooking a meal, um, yeah, small chops. So yeah, we got some things coming on that standpoint. For sure. But I think it's and it's something that you said you you've grown into that. You know, that's yeah. another testament as, as athletes is that you, you are more than just your sport and you've grown into that. You said you'd love to eat. And you're, listen, your mom's a great cook and all that. And so, but you're you've curated your, your own ability, your experiences through the meals, and also you're you're learning how to cook and you're stretching yourself and you're challenging. Yeah. And so you've grown in that arena of of not only eating the food, but actually preparing it and what tastes good, what pairs well uh presentation i've seen some of your plates they're looking yeah <laughs> yeah good. presentation i had to learn about presentation i thought you just put it on a plate and you're good no but it's but i think what's cool is that you put in the work you know you found something that you enjoyed in as far as food but then you've been able to put in the work you did some research then began to explore uh just tested things out how to different flavors and then also learning like the importance of plating and just what it looks like to, to have a presentation and you've yeah. put some hard work in to the point where you are today, where you now you get hopefully some things in the near future coming out, being rolled out soon, which is <laughs> it's awesome. Nah, thank you so much. Yeah, that's what it's all about. All right, so so he, he, tie back. You're still playing professionally down with Austin Bold right now in the USL Championship. Uh, curious, how how has your development as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, as a uh, stepping in, living in the venture capital space, and the marketing? How have those new experiences shaped? how you lead your team, how you communicate, how you interact in the locker room, how you compete as an athlete? To be honest, I think it's helped out tremendously. I think just giving me a different perspective of just my personal experiences to relate to my teammates. And then just also on the field, just kind of having like a different purpose, so to speak, around like when you're all in on soccer, it can kind of get overwhelming and you kind of put too much pressure on yourself from a stress management standpoint and that's not to say that you know if you're doing other things you're not focused on the field but being able to have those other things off the field when I'm on the field now I'm like able to get like 100% locked in if that makes sense where off the field I'm like damn what about that practice like the film and all this like now when I'm off the field I can kind of escape a little bit so it's like I'm not all the way in 24 seven. Uh, obviously you got to do the recovery and the eating and, you know, film study and all that. But from the standpoint of like, all right, when I'm on the field, it's locked in hundred percent. I don't have to worry about anything else. But then when I'm off, it's like, all right, this practice didn't go so well, but I'm not going to harp on it. I'll do my extra work. But now I have these other passions that I have or family, you know, hanging out with family and friends or whatever. So from that standpoint, I think it's been very helpful. And then from the leadership standpoint, I think just understanding there's different types of ways to lead. I think if you focus on sports, it's like more rah, 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 like we got to do this, we got to do that. Whereas, you know, if you're looking at it from a different angle, there's different ways people lead and there's different ways people motivate groups. Um, so how does that work within the sports setting, which is what I've been able to apply. 
No, that, that's some really good insight there. I think you mentioned as far as like how you learn how to lead differently in different spaces. Cause like I said, how you lead in say uh, a social media planning meeting is very different than how you yeah. lead in a locker room, but learning that there's a lot of the similar or same personalities in both settings. So it can't be just this one dimensional 180 rah, 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 but it's actually how do you come alongside someone and inspire them in, in a tone and that's, that's calming versus high emotion, high, high, high octane yeah. and being able to learn some skills. It's so important to be able to do that. And again, that all that does is elevate the space, elevate you individually as a leader, as a human, as a person, as an athlete, but also helps elevate then the space of those that you're influencing both in the marketing space or YouTube or whatever you're at in addition to the <laughs> locker room. So that's, yeah, that's really, it's really encouraging. So as you, as you thinking through uh, the future, uh, obviously the season, the season, obviously, because the listeners may not know, who knows when we're going to post this in a few weeks, uh, but uh, you're in the season, you're a month or so in, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A month in, three months in? <laughs> oh, let's just go by games. We're six or five games in. Okay. Yeah. So, so a month, yeah, a month and a half or so. Yeah. Yeah, COVID calendar. It doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> feels like two months, but it's been four. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't. Uh, uh, you know, so how how have you seen uh, now that you're into this season? How have you seen that affect the other ventures? Like knowing before off season, you're not training every day, you're not traveling for yeah. games. Like I've seen on your uh, on Instagram, hey, hit me up at the Q and A. I'm on a bus for ten hours or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if it doesn't get scheduled, it doesn't get done. I think the That's only cool. thing about uh, the soccer season is that some things get like realigned. So like I'll have my whole schedule set up, and then it's like, oh, I gotta follow up and reschedule it because practice time changed, or you know, our travel time is delayed. Um, so that's, that's a little bit tough, but from the standpoint of having like the reoccurring meetings and systems are set, um, I was just really adamant about that. So now I know like after practice, this is what I have to do instead of trying to like wing it on the fly. Um, but I think because of having that structure, um, is actually better for me. Whereas in the off season, like now you have all this free time and you're like, all right, let me do my pickup. Let me do my workouts. Let me hang out. And then, oh, wait, I still got to work on the business. So at least with practice and game, just like, all right, how do I work around the schedule and then go from there? It's it's interesting because I remember like said, many, 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 many years ago uh, when I was playing in university, my the, the seasons that we the time when we were in season, my schedule was a lot, lot tighter, but mm -hmm. it, it forces you to be more disciplined. Exactly. You get this stuff done. You got to get it done. And I remember, like, I'm like, oh, in the off season, oh, I got plenty of time. I'll study tomorrow, or I'll go do this. Yeah. And it was like, then my my grades drastically decreased in the off season versus in the season itself. There's just something about having more things on your plate. This is okay. If I'm really going to do this well, uh, and if if truly excellence is the ground floor, if we're going to have that that idea that that concept from a character standpoint, excellence is the ground floor. I need to do this well. And I don't yeah. have an excuse to say, hey, I'll do it tomorrow. It's like, no, because if it doesn't get done today, it doesn't get done. Exactly. So that routines matter. Routines are everything. All right. So how, how, how have you thinking about that? How have you adjusted your routines and your daily habits as you transition from off season to now in season? How has that affected or how have you created new habits, routines for your each and every day, daily as well as weekly? Um, for me, it's like, Google Calendar. Um, I, I'm really big on Google Calendar. So I'll even set time to like just do like remedial things that you do every day. Like, for example, like set time to read or mm -hmm. set time to like write blogs. Like 
yeah, you can like make time to like write blogs every day, but it's like, all right, I'm setting it in my calendar. So like if someone were to hit me up, I was like, oh, sorry, uh, like this is my time where I write my blogs. So like, I'm just really intentional about my day to day. Obviously, you know, you got to make time for, you know, the people in your life because you can't just work, work, work. Like if my mom calls me or my parents, you know, my dad or brothers, family and friends and stuff like that. But within that, you try to stay as strict to your, your, your schedule as possible um that's kind of it I think one of the biggest hacks right now is trying to like wake up earlier so you have more time in the day uh still haven't mastered that but uh that's that's pretty much it and then just being more intentional so obviously you know everyone needs to take breaks but I'm not spending like an hour on Instagram just scrolling just to scroll you know yeah that's good that's really good I think and, and as you're thinking through like the, the busyness, the pressure, like, like I said, you having so much going on as a pro athlete, trying to schedule your day, be intentional with that, blocking out that time. Uh, one thing that's been coming up a lot in sport as of late, especially with, with the French Open, Open with uh, Naomi Osaka is this area of mental health and sport and athletes have been very intentional. Kevin Love in the NBA is what another person has been very vocal about mental health. How, how have you navigated just the, the feeling, the weight or the pressure of not only performing as a pro athlete, but now, you said a frugal athlete, you know, your, your marketing, the podcast, it seems it's just a lot. And there's a lot of pressure going day in and day out in competition and training. Uh, and it's just, again, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And so how have you navigated some of the mental health uh, that you've experienced, mental health spaces, uh, positive or negative? Uh, and then, and then also what would be some advice as you'd give other athletes to help navigate, be healthy in that mental health space? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, Growing up, and it's a testament to people, you know, speaking out and, you know, being vulnerable and, you know, finding the confidence and courage to share what they're going through. Because, I mean, I don't remember, I was like, mental health, I mean, therapists, I, mean, I guess, like, you just tough it out, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And growing up, I mean, we had mental strength coaches and stuff like that. So I, I was exposed to it at a younger age, not knowing that, you know, I was a, I was able to have this exposure and these experience to help with my mental strength and mental conditioning and mental health. Um, for me, I think the biggest thing is self-care. You know, what do you like to do on your own that gives you peace and tranquility and calmness? So for me, I'm really big on like Epsom salt baths, like Sundays, just decompress, get in the get in the tub. 30 minutes to an hour. Like sometimes I'll even fall asleep in the tub. I know that's bad to say, but like just <laughs> I relax, no phone, relax. Um, I know some people like to go on a bike ride or some people like to, you know, work out with music. Some people like to plant, uh, water their plants, whatever it looks like, talking to a therapist, you know, taking yourself out on a date, whatever that looks like, it's up to you. But I'm just really big on adamant on just self-care that's um, good and you hit something really important there as far as sorry to interrupt but this is no, like the importance of discovering what is it for you because again part of understanding who you are like answering the question who am i is understanding what is what is the self-care that helps 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 me recover helps me just have that calm have that uh, that sense of emotional and mental stability and creating that like what do we need to do in order to find that and it could be 
Epsom salts in the bath. It could be like I said, you said take a date on your take yourself on a date. Is that what you're yeah? Take yourself on a date. Like even like me cooking. Like I like I know like I'll cook for friends. They're like yo, can I help? I was like no, nope, no. Nope, this is me. I like to cook alone. Like yeah, this is me forcing me to like just be cool, cut up the stuff. Yeah, like you know. So it's great. And then you mentioned like gardening or like uh, plants or whatever it may be, but just discovering, I think part of that growth and maturation of, and growing in that self-awareness is understanding what are those things. And so, so often you get thrown in this, this, this sort of this, this box as an athlete of this is what you need to do. This is how it's supposed to look like X, Y, and Z. And that's it. And then the reality is as humans, we're complex, we're layered. Mm -hmm. And so personality, there's differences, there's life experiences. There's so many different nuances to what makes us, us, our unique self and how we're created. And so part of that, the joy of, uh, of growing and maturing is that discovery process is trying to figure out what, what are those things? What are the things that I can do that give me life? Uh, what are the things that I can do that can help me just sort of have that calm, have meditation of, of sense of self and, and allow the, for lack of a better word, allow the depression or the anxiety to sort of melt away. And what are the, what are those experiences that help me in that, in that space? So that's really, that's really important. No, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. I think it's vital. Everyone has to have like some form for their for themselves and not what you know what was suggested to them they got to go on that journey and discovery on their own yeah and it's important i think one of the things as you mentioned as far as the, the progression of an athlete and the maturation is that so often and this is hard too because as an athlete you're usually told when to be somewhere you're told what to eat you're told when to see the doctor you're told fill in the blank your schedule for the most part is set for you and now you're you're, you're being asked out of necessity or need out of necessity to be able to discover well, what do, is it do I actually really need? Because yeah. like people like, oh, just go see a therapist or go see the, the mental strength coach or mental health coach or go see the sports psychologist or go see whatever. And it's like, okay, so you do that, but then it's like nothing's changed. Yeah. So this expectation that because you're seeing this person or you're going and doing this thing that you should be fixed, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and sometimes it just doesn't work. Sometimes you need just isolation and stability and quiet. And listening to birds chirp in your backyard and over a good book. That's true. You know, and or uh, sipping on a good cup of coffee, you're like, you know, some, something, something delicious. So whatever maybe you need just the what is it for you that helps helps you uh, to navigate some of those those spaces, but that self-care, that self-awareness is so so imperative. All right. We're getting close to the end here. Uh, so ha have a question for you in regards to how do you answer the question, who am I? That's a good question. That's I should, I'm, I'm gonna add that to the conversation starters. There, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a whole other thing right there. The conversation starters. Yeah. <laughs> check them out, Instagram people. Check them out. A mobile. <laughs> we'll give them all the details as far as where to connect with them later on. But yes, conversation starters. It's a highlight weekly. It's awesome. <laughs> uh, who am I? I would just say I feel like uh, someone that likes to connect. Um, I like to connect with different people all walks of life. I feel like stick me anywhere. I'm going to be able to connect with them in some way, shape or form. Uh, I'm not like the, going to be the life of the party or anything like that, um, but I'll be able to connect with people um, on a deeper level uh, and then impact like in terms of impact, trying to be a value, uh, you know, in whatever capacity that may be. Uh, that's kind of who I am. Connections and impacts. Um, obviously with that, you know, I'm a brother, I'm a son, I'm a friend, a business person, volunteer, mentor, mentee, all these different aspects. Uh, but in terms of who am I, 
Yeah, be like, oh, Moby, he's a connector. He like, you know, yeah. he, he's able to connect with different people. He can connect you with, you know, things that you may not even know you can connect with. And then impact, he's going to help you uh, figure out ways to provide value, whatever that may be. Love that. That's yeah. so good, man. And so here's a question for you. Another one. I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep drilling. Yeah. You know, I ask these, these yeah. questions to force you to think and to, to, to process. How, how, what's been the journey for you over the last, say, with two years that has changed or developed or cultivated this, to the sense of where you are today to answer that question? Like, how have you got to that point? Because two years ago, I don't know if you necessarily say what you just described as yourself, but answering that yeah. question, I think it would be different. Nah, definitely. Like, that's facts. You can put that on the bank. Like, yeah, that answer would definitely would have been different. I would have been like, yeah, soccer player, I played this year, and I did this, and I do that. And, but I think, how can I say, probably like self-awareness. I think, you know, especially for me, you know, trying to do a lot, you know, just because I'm ambitious and I like to do a lot and have my hands in different things. I think understanding, all right, why? Or like, you know, before I used to wait, like I need to get to this point to do it. And it was almost in the standpoint, from the standpoint, I was like, all the signs are there for you to do it now. So why not do it now? So being self-aware and like not looking for the signs per se, but embracing the signs that are already in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then going from there, I think that's kind of what's helped me over the past two, three years, to be honest, like this is where you're at. There's a reason why embrace it and find people that can help you continue on this journey, uh, which is, you know, why you, you know, very special. You have a great relationship when it comes to that. Um, other people have helped out as well. Um, but I think that's kind of been the biggest thing where it's like, damn, why, why am I in this situation? Or why is this happening? It's like, no, this is why it's happening. This is where you're at. All right, do something. And then you'll start to get the answers as you go. Like take the test or how can I say, do the homework instead of like trying to figure out the answers before you do it, I guess. I, I don't know how to explain it, but that's kind of it. I'm trying, yeah, I'm saying, well, it's like, it's like, hey, the, the work is before you do the homework, before you jump into the test and yeah. you know what's actually going on. So do some work on the front end in order to be successful in those moments so you need to continue to grow and develop. Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Put it in way better words, Steve. <laughs> All right. So as we finish up here, like what, because uh, you got your hands on a lot of different things, how can people follow you, track you, <laughs> be inspired by you, be challenged by you, be encouraged by you? Where do, where do they need to go to find out? So, uh, all right. www. Yeah. On the internet. Exactly. Amobiukugo.com, afrugalathlete.com at Amobi says on all social platforms, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, at if athlete, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Amobi Kugo, uh, newsletter. Yeah, I'll try to be everywhere. The thing about trying to be everywhere is sometimes you're nowhere, but I've been methodical and strategic around it. So yeah, there's not a platform that we don't cover and uh, yeah, we're available anywhere. And I try to connect with people. So if you reach out, I'm not promising I'll get back to you right away, but I will get back to you. And yeah, let's let's make something happen. Absolutely. That's fantastic, man. And uh, like I said, well, in the show notes, we'll throw all the information down there, links for everyone to be able to connect with you on those different platforms. And uh, don't sign up for his newsletter. It's worth it. It's worth his weight in gold. It's the information, the challenge, thank you, thank you. articles. It is worth it. So sign up for the newsletter. Uh, Frugal Athlete, as well as at um, amobiafrugo.com. So hit him up, follow him on social media, all that as well. 
and he will, he will reply back to you. He will, promise. <laughs> I promise, thank you. Yeah, man, it's always yeah. a pleasure. Uh, Amo, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you so much again for joining us. Not always. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Shift Podcast, the athlete's playbook to transition in life beyond sport. Don't forget to subscribe, write a review, and share with your teammates. Transitions create opportunities. Make sure you have the right playbook. You can check out resources at theshiftcourse.com or connect directly with your host, Jonathan Van Horn, at jonathanvanhorn.com.